Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. Jesus is alive. We thank you that because Jesus got up, that we got up in him and that we are co-raised. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We thank you that after the cross, there was life, new life. And we're so thankful for it. We're thankful for you, Holy Spirit. Because of you, we are led into all truth. We can grow in understanding of what it means to be new creatures. And we have great expectation today that you will empower us, that you will flood our eyes with light as we walk through this word in Jesus' in name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we're talking today about us from a subject called living the resurrected life. And I'm and I'm using Chris stuff this morning. We need your energy. We need your comments. Say, I am living the resurrected life. I am living the resurrected life, right? The cross was powerful. It was a powerful, deliberate move by God that was also totally unexpected. You have to understand that the Bible says that before the foundation of the earth, that the lamb was slain, which means that God always had a plan to get us back. But if you look throughout the Old Testament, when you could see whenever the Messiah was prophesied, that there was this expectation that the Messiah was going to come like David. And so David was a king after God's own heart. He led the people in many natural battles. And so their expectation was that when Jesus showed up on the scene, that he was going to do for Israel what David had done for Israel. But God had a much bigger plan in mind. See, Israel had been oppressed by all types of people. Typically, they were oppressed because of their sin. They had been oppressed by their kings. They had been oppressed when they had been taken over by other kings. So when Jesus comes in this powerful, bold move, it is not just to deal with the natural oppression of Israel. It is to deal with the sin oppression of the entire world. In one major move, the cross, God was restoring the identity of humanity and destroying the power of the enemy to hold us hostage to sin. The cross is a really big deal. And guys, that is good news. Mm -hmm. hey, that's good news. It's good news. That is good news. You know, Paul often referred to it as a mystery. When if you read the New Testament, Paul talked about being given the charge to, to share this mystery that even as the prophets were prophesying, if they didn't fully understand what it was that they were prophesying, it is the cross is a really big deal. And that is really, really good news. What Jesus did for us, it is really, really good news. Mm -hmm. You want to read, John? Yeah, I was just saying we look at the cross really it's an example of love. It's where yes. it's, you know, for, for the yes. believer, it is where we saw, it's not where love started. It's where, it's where we get a glimpse of the depth of that love. Yes. Uh, and so the Bible says in John three sixteen, it says, for God so loved the world, the cosmos. And we talked about that, uh, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, which means it's, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you're from. It don't matter what part of the world you're from. It doesn't matter about your education or your financial status. He said, whosoever believes in him, who is him, his only begotten son, it says, shall never perish or shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. And the whole point of this uh, idea of the cross was that it was a way to atone for the sins that Adam and Eve had caused to come into mankind. Mm -hmm. And so literally, when I think about this every Easter, I always say that what Adam got us into, Jesus got us out. Of. I love that. And you have been saying that for years. What Adam got us into, Jesus got us out of. And he didn't just barely get us out. He got us fully and completely out, right? So today we want to explore how his death has given us new life. And we want to begin to build our faith around not just that we're going to heaven. Right. Because the scripture that Pastor Edwin just read, he said, whosoever, I need to see the hands of the whosoever's. If you're a whosoever, I need some hearts. Praise I need God. you lifting your hands. If you're a whosoever, because it says whosoever, mm -hmm. doesn't matter what city, what state, what country, what background, how you were born. If you are a whosoever, what you have never 
now receive is everlasting, eternal life. And we need to understand that everlasting life, it was not talking about heaven. It was talking about new identity, new identity, right? And it's this very interesting thing because this was such a mystery that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these religious leaders, Man, they didn't even know what to do with it. Nicodemus mm. came to Jesus and he's like, hey, what? when Jesus began to preach the kingdom was at hand and you must be born again, Nicodemus was like, what are you saying? Yeah. We going to be grown up again and we're going to be born out of our mother's womb again? And Jesus was like, no, no, no. I'm talking to you about your new birth. He's saying you originally came from God. The only way you could end up in your mother's womb is that you came from God. Mm-hmm. You guys may remember several weeks ago when we were in Romans, I believe it was, no, when we were in John, in the mirror, we said, and one of the things it says, it says, you are not the product of your parents. Mm-hmm. You are God's original design, mm-hmm. right? So we were God's original design. Sin came in, changed the plan for us. And God said through Jesus, oh no, I am not letting my family go. Yep. I never think about the resurrection story, at least since this movie came out and don't think about taking. Mm-hmm. I never can think about this move. I never think about Jesus coming to get us. And I don't think about taking. And if anybody's seen the movie taken, the man, um, his daughter calls and he's the man says to her, they're going to take you, but I am coming to get you. Mm-hmm. And he calls the people who have his daughter. And he said, I don't have money, but I have a certain set of skills. Now, you know, God has all the money, but money wouldn't have fixed right, it. Right. He says, I got a certain set of skills. What is that certain set of skills? I got a son without any spot or blemish, any sin. He is, I have wrapped myself in him. He is going to come to this earth, live as a man, do what no other man has done. He's going to go to the cross, take the, take the sins of the entire world. Cause I'm getting my family back. Mm-hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. getting my family back. And what we need to do is make sure that we are aligned with his thinking to understand why he did that. Because once we understand why he did that, then we can begin to actually live out that resurrected life that we're talking about today. Because this resurrected life for us is about who we used to be and who we are now. Yes. And we don't want to we don't want to vacillate between the two. We want to stay in who God has redeemed us to be, not who we used to be because that's familiar. That's so good. That's so good. We're going to spend a lot of time in Colossians today. We may not get to all of the scriptures. If not, we'll come back up. We're probably going to talk about this again next week, but we're going to start with Colossians 1, verse 12 through 17, and we're going to be reading all of our scriptures out of the mirror translation. And I want to encourage you if you do not have a mirror translation of the New Testament. Please get one. It is going to so illuminate how God sees you, right? So let's just start with the fir- with verse 12. It says, we are grateful to the Father who qualified us to participate in the complete portion of the inheritance mm-hmm. of the saints in the light. Mm-hmm. So first of all, we give God some praise. We give him praise because he qualified us. We didn't qualify ourselves. We can't sow enough. We can't fast enough. We can't come to church enough. We are grateful to the father because he qualified us to participate in the complete portion of the inheritance of the saints of life. Guys, we have inheritance we haven't even explored Mm -hmm. yet. We have inheritance we don't fully understand. If you go to verse 13, it says he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and relocated us into the kingdom where the love of his son rules. Mm -hmm. And babe, I'll be honest. I don't know that as a church body, the whole ecclesia, we've talked about this a lot, enough that faith has come from this, that we still really see ourselves as relocated in something else, that we really see that we are new creatures and we learn how to live from that. And that's so important because faith comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. And if we don't hear, I, you need to say this, say, I've been rescued from the dominion of darkness, not just rescued from, but come on, relocated into the 
the kingdom where his where the love of his son rules. Yep. Right. The next verse says, "In God's mind, mankind is associated in Christ. In His blood sacrifice, we were ransomed. Our redemption was secured." our sins completely done away with. Mm -hmm. That is good news. Tell your neighbor, say, that is good news. In God's mind, how God sees us, he sees us associated in Christ. In his blood sacrifice, we were ransomed. You know what a ransom is for. Sin kidnapped us mm -hmm. and he paid the ransom, ransom with his blood. He secured our redemption and our sins are completely done away with. Verse 15, in him, the image and likeness of God is made visible in human form that everyone may recognize their true origin in him. He is the firstborn of every mm -hmm. creature. Something to me that's so cool about what Jesus did is that Jesus comes to do two things. He comes to reveal God to us and reveal us to ourselves. Mm -hmm. He comes to reveal God to us. This is who God really is. God isn't angry. God isn't against you. God isn't trying to hurt you, right? And then he comes to say, and this is your true origin in mm -hmm. him. Amen. Amen. Verse 16. Everything that is, everything that is, yes. everything that is began in him, whether in the heavenly realm or on the earth or the visible or the invisible. He is the original blueprint for every order of justice and every level of authority, be it kingdoms or governments or principalities or jurisdictions. The original form of all things were founded by him and created for him. Amen. Man, there is so much good you can say about that. But really what you could say this Philippians, it says there is a name that is above every name. Right. It says the reason that Jesus has supreme authority over everything is that everything comes from him. Right. And verse 17 says he is the initiator of all things. Therefore, everything finds its relevance and its true pattern only in him. Mm -hmm. So we need to begin to meditate on these scriptures and really see, especially in verse 13, that he has delivered us from darkness and he has relocated us to where the love of his son rules. We live in a new kingdom. When we accept Jesus, and some of you may be thinking, man, I've been saved for 10, 20 years. I didn't know I was in a new kingdom. Well, now it's time to know. Welcome home. You are not bound to the things you used to be bound to. And I love that verse 17 says, that he is the initiator of all things. It says, therefore, everything finds its relevance and its true pattern only in him. That includes us. Yes. So we only find our relevance, no matter how uh, successful you become in business, no matter how big your name is, no matter how much money you accumulate, no matter how many accolades you get from people, the true relevance of who you are as a being can only be found in Christ. Because it's where we come from. It's, what, it's, 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 it's who we come it's, from. It's our original design. I like that it says it's the initiator, which means we didn't have to beg him for this. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even know we needed he, this. He's the initiator. He started all of he this. He started all of this, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, let's look at Colossians. Baby, want to take that? Yeah, so Colossians 1, 21 through 23, uh, which really just goes hand in hand with what we were reading. You know, when we look back at uh, the scripture we were just reading, Colossians 1 and 13, where it talked about that we have been uh, rescued from the dominion of darkness and relocated into the kingdom where his love rules. Then we see here in Colossians 1, 21, he said, it is your indifferent mindset this alienated you from God. It's not God's original design for us to be out here in a lifestyle of annoyances, in a lifestyle of hardships, in a lifestyle of hard labor. He says, yes, he has now fully reconciled and restored you to your original design. He says, so if you've been reconciled and restored to your original design, if I have rescued you from the power of dominion and relocated you into the kingdom of his dear son, where his love is... It, it says like this, where his where the, where the love of his son rules. Mm -hmm. He says, if that's been the case, then these 
annoyances, these hardships and these labors that you're suffering from, it is because your indifferent mindset about what I have done is more dominant in your life than realizing what I've done for you. Because if you realize what I've done for you, then yes, you understand you've been fully reconciled. Yes, you understand you've been fully restored. And yes, you know you are now back in your original design. I am back in my original design. And here's the challenge. He says, it's the it's our indifferent mindset, which is why Romans 12 and 2 tells us what? Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because many of us, we've accepted Jesus and our spirit has been renewed, but we still have a mindset that associates with the old realm of darkness. We think we're fighting to get out of what God has already broken us out of, right? And that's that why we good. and that's why we spend a day like today. We don't argue with people about whether Easter is a pagan holiday or whether there's an Easter bunny and all that stuff. What we know is this is an opportunity that we set aside to recognize the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. We celebrate Jesus every day. We celebrate his resurrection every day. But what we do know is when he says that he has restored us to our original design, it tells us how he did it. In verse 22, it says he accomplished this in he, he accomplished this in dying our death in a human body. So he he he. How do he? How do we get back to this original design, Pastor Edwin? Jesus came and took on the form of human and died in that form as the recompense, as the payment for all of mankind's sins. It says he fully represented Ooh. us in order to fully present us again in a blameless innocence, face to face with God, with no sense of guilt, no sense of suspicion, no sense of regret, and no accusation. All charges against us are officially canceled not that we weren't wrong not that what we did wasn't sinful not that not that we didn't have a right in a court of law to be judged and adjudicated as wrong it says but what jesus did is he came in literally and took our place the punishment had to be given out wrong had to be corrected and he said rather than punish them i'll take all of their punishment he said, I'll take everything that mankind has ever done, is doing, and will do, and you can lay it on me right now. That is so Because good. The, 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 it had to be, a, <laughs> if, if, if wrong was done, it had to be a payment for it. Mm -hmm. It had to God be a, a just God. To just God. That's right. He couldn't just abdicate and say, okay, well, I'm going to give you another chance. He said, sin has been committed. The wages of sin is death. So somebody got somebody got to die. My God. And so the Bible says that He accomplished this in dying our death in human body. It says He fully represented us in order to fully present us again in blameless innocence, face to face with God, with no sense of guilt, suspicion, regret, or accusation. All the charges against us was officially canceled because they was laid on Him. Okay, I have never had any major charges filed against me. Praise God. But I have had a ticket. Yep. That I went to court for and the judge threw it out. Yep. And baby, it's a good feeling. Yep. Now, the truth of it is, I was speeding. Yep. But the judge threw it he out. Threw it out. And I want you to know that that's what really God has done for us. He said, listen, you were guilty. You should have taken the penalty. You should not have access to me. You should be kicked out of the family permanently. But I love you too much. And I'm not going to let you be kicked out of the family. So I'm going to wrap myself in flesh. I'm going to come and live your life. I'm going to die your death. And I'm not only going to cancel the penalty against you, I'm going to make you new. Mm -hmm. And I think we really miss this newness of life, right? Look at it when you read verse 23, you're going to see it. He just, this is so good. Today, he says, guys. remain under the influence of what your faith knows to be true about you. Firmly consolidated in the foundation of your belief so that nothing can distract you from the expectation of the gospel, the good news, the too true to be good news. He says, in a hope that is consistent with what you have heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you so remain under the influence, be intoxicated with your faith, be intoxicated with your faith and what you know to be true. What do you know to be true? That God has restored you to his original plan, that he's rescued you from the dominion of darkness, that he has relocated you into the kingdom of his dear son, where his son's love rules. 
understand that is the reality of your faith. He said, now be intoxicated with that. Be intoxicated with that. Get drunk off yes. of your newness in life. Yes. And then if you go to Colossians 2, it just gets, as the kids would say, gooder and gooder. Mm -hmm. It just gets gooder and gooder. It says, verse, Colossians 2 and 10, I have been meditating on this verse for two weeks now. It says, we are complete in him. Don't miss the in him. We are complete in, in him. him. Yes. Jesus mirrors our wholeness and endorses our true identity. He is, I am in us. And that's the reason Ooh, that's we good. have to, we have to remember to always look to Jesus because he is the mirror of what wholeness looks like. Yes. He said, when you behold me, you behold who you really are. But when you behold something else, you see yourself as that. That's why he says, you can't look at sickness. Look at me. You can't look at defeat. Look at me. You can't look at depression. Look at me. I am the embodiment of wholeness. And when you look at me, you are looking at who I have brought you back into the original design of. That's good. You can't even look at the good thing. Right. You have it, to look it, at him. It's him. It's, it's not him. your marriage. It's not being a mother. It's not that your business have done certain things. It is him. Jesus endorses my true identity. He is I am in us. And be yes. intoxicated. Be, be under the influence why, of that faith. Why did you use that word intoxicated though? Well, because when you are intoxicated, you don't have control of your own faculties. And what we need to do is to be so out of control with our own desire and will that, that our faith is just who God is. Yeah. And that no matter what comes our way, yes. all we are doing is just following after that faith of knowing who he is and nothing can deter us. Now, this is the second time in the last two weeks that, that I have been studying a portion of a thing that I didn't put in the notes and then you use that word that I was that I I love that that the Holy Spirit's doing. We should be intoxicated with Him, right? We can keep going in that. It says what? It says you were in Christ. Come on, guys. I want you to wrap yep. your mind around this. What the Bible says: you were in Christ when He died. Which means. Yes. Keep going. Come on, keep reading. Go oh, ahead. Me. Uh -huh. Which means that his death yep. is your true circumcision. Yep. This is not hypothetical. Is not. This is the real, <laughs> the real deal. deal. The sin's authority in the human body My God. was stripped of its control over you. I need somebody by faith to say sin don't run me. Sin don't run me. Sin do not don't run oh, me. Sin don't sin run, don't run me. me. I know that ain't the best English, but when you talk like that, you mean it with your chest. Sin don't run me. Sin's authority. What would happen if you begin to see yourself is that when Jesus died, that you died with him and in your death in him, sin's authority, mm -hmm. it's a power over you. It lost its control. That means I can't stop cursing people out. I can't stop fornicating. I can't stop yeah. lying. I can live the way he's called me to live because Jesus is the mirror of my real identity. Amen. Oh, that's Amen. good. Amen. That's good. Verse 12 says, in the same parallel, your co-burial and your joint resurrection is now demonstrated in baptism. Your co-inclusion is in Christ is what is what God's faith knew when he powerfully raised him from the dead. So it literally says just because you were with Christ when he died, then you were with him when he was buried. And if he was with him when he was buried, then you were with him when he resurrected. And if he resurrected in a new life, if you are in him, you too now have a new life when you know him. I don't know. When I was growing up, I never heard anybody teach this. So when I think about this and I think about Jesus dying on the cross and, he, and you know, I grew up in a church where we say he died all night, Friday night. He died all day, all night, all day, Saturday and all night, Saturday. But early Sunday morning, he got up. That means we got up too. Mm -hmm. We got up as new creatures. He didn't just get up. We all got up in him. And now it's time for us to recognize that we got up in him. We had a co-burial a co and a joint resurrection that now gives us our co-inclusion in 
Christ. Kimberly says she ain't never heard this either. I ain't hear. That's not the way I heard this preach. I didn't hear the newness of who I was. So as a result, I lived a lot of my life as a born again believer who loved Jesus, who didn't really know the power yeah. I had over sin. So I was begging to be free from what I had already been free from. See, what we do on Easter is we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, but we forget about ours. Oh, that's good. So because when he got up, we got up. And so it's it, we, we are co-celebrating in, in, in that we were with him in death. We were with him in burial. We were with him in the resurrection. And so today we celebrate our joint defeat over the enemy. You know, I wanted to call this. We all got up, but I thought people <laughs> would take it too much. Like we all got up. Yeah. Right. This is OK. Keep going. Baby. Well, and that's the reason we celebrate today. Right. Because he says in verse 13, you were once spiritually, spiritually dead. dead and yes. it was confirmed. In your constant failure, my God, somebody ought to give God some praise. That ain't your life no more. You ought to give God some fire. You ought to give God some hearts. You ought to you ought to do a little turn in your house, apartment, wherever you are. You, you ought to you know if you if you if you on the road, change lanes, do something. <laughs> you ought to give God some praise because He says you were once spiritually dead, and it was confirmed. It wasn't hypothetical. It was real because we could see it in your constant failure. He says being bound. Being bound, wrapped up, Being couldn't bound. get away. Being bound to a lifestyle ruled by distorted desires of the flesh. Not just you wanted something that, that, that was, that, not that you wanted food, but, but you wanted a, a distorted desire. You wanted something that was not just sinful, but it, it was it was full of debauchery. He says you wanted distorted desires of the flesh. He says, but now, but now, somebody give God some praise. You gotta give God a but now praise. But, and you know what? When you teach something like this, you can only read scripture, right? Because if you if you, you don't, don't read now. if you don't read scripture, people will say that can't really be yeah, true. Yeah. So you walk the yeah. scripture out to show what Jesus he, did. He says you were once spiritually dead. It was confirmed by your failure. Your life style was ruled and you were bound by distorted desires of the flesh he says but now god made you alive god made you alive. alive you didn't earn it you didn't achieve it he says but god made you alive together with him and thus graciously, graciously. restored our innocence and, and our, our dignity. dignity. Why do we lose our dignity? Because you had all them distorted desires of the flesh. Yes. He said, but now he's yes. restored your innocence and your dignity, having forgiven us of all of our shortfalls. Listen, not only should you share this with everybody, you ought to preach this over Easter dinner mm -hmm. today. You ought to preach this to everybody that we were once dead, but now, somebody say, but now, but now. God made us alive yes. and he graciously restored our in mm -hmm. innocence and dignity, having forgiven us of all of our shortcomings. Ver verse <laughs> verse 15, he says, in, in him dying, mankind's death, which we know he did, he diffused every possible claim. Oh, verse 14. His body nailed to the cross, hung there as the document of mankind's guilt. Mm. In dying our death, he canceled the detailed handwritten record that testified against us. Every stain on our conscience reminding us of the sense of failure and guilt was thus fully blotted out. And then it says, in, his, in him dying mankind's death, I got excited. He diffused every possible claim of accusation against the human race and thus made a public spectacle of every rule of authority in God's brilliant, triumphant, demonstrated, a triumph demonstrated in him. The voice of the cross, the voice of the cross. Well, what? The voice of the cross well, what? will never be silent. I need all 55 of y'all to put that in the comments. The voice of the cross. The voice of the cross. Will never be silent. The voice my of the God, cross. My God. The my voice God. of the cross. Listen, are you being blessed by this? We want you to totally rethink how you, what you think about what Jesus did. We want you to bring your thinking in alignment with the word. Well, and think about what Jesus, what the scripture says in verse 14. It says, in dying, right, our death, he canceled the detailed handwritten record that testified against. In other words, this wasn't no hearsay. This, we weren't going to go to court and they forget something. When we showed up in the courts of heaven, had it not been for Jesus, every guilty thing would have been laid out our charge because it was handwritten and it was detailed against our life. But Jesus took care of all of that. And I just can't help but say that, that literally what, what, what Adam got us all into 
in one fell swoop, Jesus, Jesus got, got us out, out of it. And right. the, enemy, the, the enemy thought he had won. He thought he had defeated Jesus. They was having a party. And we know that they was happy about it because the Bible said that had they known. They would have never, never crucified him. They would have never crucified him. Because what they did is they didn't just release. They didn't just, they didn't just try to snuff out one Jesus. But when that one Jesus got up, he got up with all of us. He got up with all of so, us. So literally hell released multitudes of Jesus' representatives in the earth at one time. I really want y'all to get this. known that he'd have just left Jesus he'd alone. He'd have just left Jesus alone. He'd have he never would have crucified Jesus. And that's how you know God, Yahweh, Abba, he is the master chess player. And there is no scenario where he loses in this thing. Because even when the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Romans, and hell thought they had defeated him, Jesus showed up and said, baby, I'll take them keys. We're going to go and come up out of here. I've come to get my people. And so now that he's Ooh, done all good. of this, that's what good. should we be doing? Now what let's look we, at Colossians What should 1? we be doing now? Colossians 3. We just, we y'all, we just in the book of Colossians. Let's look at Colossians 1. Now it tells us what we need to do. Mm -hmm. See yourself yes. as co-raised with Christ. Amen. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion with him. Mm. It says, Relocate yourselves mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. It's so much in there. It's so much. You can preach that one verse a he year. He says, see yourself as co-raised with Christ. He says, now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion with him. A lot of times we think of consequences as being bad, mm -hmm. but consequences are just outcomes of an action. Uh -huh. He says, ponder the consequence of your action of being located and co-included with Christ. Mm -hmm. He says, what, 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 what do we know about Jesus? He can't lose. So if Jesus can't lose and I'm with Jesus, guess what? I can't lose. I can't lose. If Jesus is free from sin, I'm free from sin. I don't have to live my life in sin. If Jesus doesn't suffer from these, from, from all of these delusions and illnesses of the mind, then guess what? I don't suffer from these delusions and illnesses of the so mind. So he says what we need to do then is relocate yourself what? Mentally. Mentally. He said your spirit is already there. Your spirit there. is fine. He says now your mind need to catch up yes. with your spirit. Relocate. He says, relocate Realign. yourself mentally. And he tells you how. Engage, Engage your thoughts in throne room reality. That means that's something I got to do. I can't sit back and be passive. I have to engage. When you engage a car, you have to actually put it in drive. He says, engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are seated, co-seated. Co-seated with Christ. Christ. With Christ. In what? The, in the executive, executive authority, authority of God's, God's right hand. hand. And we preached a whole series about the right hand of God. Oh, everybody just put this. Say, this just the Bible. Go ahead and say it. It's just the Bible. This, this God been setting us up the whole time. Now, the this, whole time he's setting us up to get us right here to where we are today. Now look at verse 2. It says, becoming affectionately acquainted mm -hmm. with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly realm. He says, so when I relocate myself mentally and I ponder on the truth, that I have been co-raised yes. co and justified in yes. Christ, it keeps me from being distracted yeah. by earthly realm. What's the earthly realm that tells me to cuss yep. somebody out? That tells me I got yep. a lust problem? Yep. That tells me I have a depression problem? It says, no, no, no. If I become affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts, which is another word for truth, mm -hmm. if I become affectionately acquainted with throne room truth, it will keep me from being distracted by the earthly realm. Everybody to type this in the comment section right now. Say, I will not allow sideshow distractions to derail me. I will not allow sideshow distractions to derail me. I will not. I will not allow sideshow distractions to derail me. Why? He says, I need to keep my thoughts on truth. On, on throne, throne room, room reality. realities. Amen. Because in the throne room, nobody's confused about what Jesus yes, did. Yes. In the throne room, nobody's watering down what Jesus That's did. Right. In the throne room, no one is saying that what Jesus did was some imaginary philosophical thing. It is the real deal, holy feel what Jesus did. Amen. And in verse three, it tells us, it says, baby, this if this don't make you run, I don't know what will. It says, your union 
with his death. What did it do? It broke the mm. association with that word. My God. Your union with his death. And that's why you got to tie into his death, not just his life. Your union with his death broke the association of that word. And you got to see yourself. See not, yourself not, what? Not, not just Jesus dying and getting up. You got to see yourself dying with Jesus and getting up with Jesus because it's your union. It's your, your togetherness with, with his death that it broke says, the association. See yourselves located mm. in a fortress where your life is hidden in Christ in God. Mm -hmm. This is just the Bible, y'all. Mm -hmm. He says, this is how you mm -hmm. should see yourself. You should see yourself located in a fortress. In a fortress. Where your life yes, is, hidden is hidden with Christ. With Christ in God. in God. Them a lot of layers. That's a lot of layers. Them a lot of layers. Yep. Can yep. sin get you if you in there? No, no, no. Can bondage get you when you in there? Nope. No, 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 no. See yourself located in a fortress with Christ in God. That's your true location. That's your true location. Right? Verse four. He says the unveiling of Christ as defining our lives immediately implies that what is evident in him is equally what? Mirror in, in you. you. That's why we got to keep looking to him because he is the mirror of our wholeness. He says the exact life on exhibit in Christ is not now is now repeated. is now repeated in us. Is now repeated in us. We are included in the same bliss and joined oneness with him. Just as his life reveals you, you or your life reveals him. Your life reveals him. Let me read that again. He says, the unveiling of Christ as defining our lives immediately implies that what is evident in him is equally mirrored in you. The exact life on exhibiting Christ is now repeated in us. Yes. The exact life. That's why we say it like this. As Jesus, Jesus is in this world, world, so am I. But I love it. So I am I. It. I. Because the it. exact life, the exact life on exhibit in Christ is now repeated in us. My God, that is so good. We are included in the same bliss, join oneness with him, just as his life reveals you, your life reveals him. Mm -hmm. This thing is a serious matter. Man, listen. It says, now what else do you do if you want to be free? You have to consider the members of your body is dead. I love this because he brought it into such a, the mirror translation brought it into such a modern day translation. He says, consider the members of your body as dead and buried towards everything related to the porn industry, sensual uncleanliness, longing forbidden things, lust and greed, which are just another form of idolatry. Mm -hmm. But there is a note at the end of that verse that blessed me so much. It says, idol worship is worshiping a distorted image of yourself. Yeah. So we get into idol worship because we worship our stuck place more than we worship what God has done. Mm -hmm. We worship our bloodline. We worship the disease. We worship that. He says, no, no, no. What you need to do is you need to consider the members of your body dead and you need to get rid of idol worship and stop worshiping a distorted image of yourself. And what's the easiest way to get rid of idol worship? The easiest way to get rid of all idol worship is to focus on Jesus. To focus on Find Jesus. out who he is, then you know who you are because it's like looking in a mirror. Yes. Now, verse six says, these distorted expressions are in total contradiction yep. to God's design and desire for your life. So you mean to tell me that God doesn't have any desire or design for me to, to live in poverty? No. God didn't have any desire or design for me to live in sickness. No. He has no desire or design for me to get married and be miserable and get a divorce and leave my kids without both of their parents in their home. No. Okay. He has no desire <laughs> for me to be bound in my mind. Okay. He has no desire. No desire. No desire for me to be caught up in sexual sin and can't no get desire. out. No desire for me to have unhealthy lust. No desire. He has no desire. These distorted expressions are in total contradiction to God's design and desire for my life. And so if they are in total contradiction and design for my life, then what I got to do is figure out what are the what are the things I do because I need to engage my thoughts. I got to engage my so thoughts. So how do I engage my thoughts to live this resurrection so life? So we really just use Colossians 1, 3, 1 through 6 to give y'all some steps on how to live the resurrected life. You ready? Let's go. Let's go. Number one. See yourself mm. co-raised with Christ. 
ponder with persuasion the consequences of your co-inclusion with him. What do you mean, Pastor Sean? You've said, God, that I'm co-raised. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. How do I step out of this old image of myself and stop seeing myself as a person with a blank problem and start seeing myself as mirrored in Christ? Mm -hmm. And then I imagine that. I read the Gospels and say, how did Christ respond to this? What would Christ do in this situation? And I begin to ponder on the benefits. I begin to ponder on the rewards of being co-included yep. with him. And then number two, it says relocate yourself mentally by engaging your thoughts with throne room realities or with truth. What do you find truth in the word of God? Where do you find truth in the word of God? How do I relocate myself mentally? Because I stop believing everything I know now and I start judging it based on what the word of God says. If what I believe now lines up with the word of God, I keep it. If what I believe now doesn't line up with the word of God, I discard it. I start using God's word as truth. So if he tells me in Colossians, all of these things we read today, even if I don't understand them, I just choose to believe they're true. Even if I don't because, feel because, it. Because you don't have yes. because believing is not about a feeling. Believing is about a choice. It's about a choice. I choose to align and believe with God. And when you begin to choose a thing, your mind will line up to it. So number two, relocate yourself mentally by engaging your thoughts with wrong wrong realities. Number three, avoid being distracted by the old you mm -hmm. by becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts. Avoid being distracted by the old you. By becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts. Now, this goes back to something you said to us. You got to tame your thoughts. Yep. You got to mind your mind. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to live new, I have to stop letting my mind sit in the old things I remember. I can't get distracted by sideshow distractions. Yes. These things that come, life is going to send you distractions. I don't want anybody out there thinking that life isn't going to do that. I don't care how saved you are. I don't care how much you love God. Distractions are going to come. The Bible says that we have an adversary. And so he's going to always try to send stuff. So it's up to you to engage your thoughts in the right place mentally and to avoid being distracted. How do I avoid being distracted by the old me? I don't do the things that the old me like to do. I don't go back doing, I don't do the, I don't do the stuff that the old me used to do. I do the stuff the new me does. I do the stuff I pray, the new me does. I read my word. I take communion and I pray in the Holy Spirit an hour a day. That's the new me. The old me used to do all this other stuff. And if I start thinking about that stuff, then that's where I'm going to go back to. Well, and I think it's important because most of the distractions come in your own thought life. Sure. They come in your own thought life. So, for example, it could be just as something as simple as this. You could be on your way to work tomorrow and, and it's this thought. Man, if she say something crazy to me, I'm going to go off on her. You got to be like, no, that is not what the old, what the new me does. Or that she, was or the she old. say something to me and give me a, a door open. I'm going to say something, see how much I can flirt either one of those yes <laughs> you know yes. either one of those yes. you ain't got to just be going off on somebody yes so we want to we want to not be distracted by focusing on new us right, right. number four number four we got to accept by faith that our union or your union with his death broke the association with the old you in the old world. So now you, that just takes care of number four if you really focus on that. I mean number three if you focus on that because by faith my union with Christ that ain't me no more. That old stuff, that old slick stuff, that old going off stuff, that ain't me no more. I don't need that anymore. That's not who I am. Oh, that's so good. Put that in the comments. Say, whatever your thing used to be, say, that ain't me no more. That's not me anymore. That's not me anymore. I got to accept by faith. Okay, well, what if I heard somebody ask this? Well, Pastor what if I accept it by faith and I find myself doing the old thing? You still got to say that ain't me. Yes. In Romans, Paul said, when I do that old stuff, that ain't me. I love that somebody said smoking ain't me no more. And we just pray right it. now that the spirit of God mm -hmm. would take the taste of smoking Amen. out of your mouth Amen. and the emotional and physiological connection yes. your brain be has broken. with smoking be broken now. now. In the name yes. of Jesus. It is done. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And, and, and listen, you're not a smoker. That's right. You're not a smoker. That's right. So there may be some things where stress come up. You just start saying to yourself, I'm not a smoker. I'm not a smoker. I am not a smoker. I'm not a smoker. We don't associate with things we aren't. We don't associate with things we aren't. Period. We just don't do it. Come on. We just let's, don't do let's it. Let's go. Number, Number five. five. Consider the members of your body as dead 
and bearing towards everything related to idol worship. What does that mean? We heard, we read in scripture that idol worship mm -hmm. is being tied to a distorted view of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't claim ownership over anything that didn't come from God. It ain't our sickness. It ain't our mental illness. It ain't our poverty. It ain't our generational curse. We consider the members of our body as dead and buried toward everything related to idol worship. We give up every identity except for Christ. Yeah. You know, I was, as people are naming this stuff, I'm hearing, I'm looking at the comments. People are naming this stuff that ain't them no more. I remember when I said rage ain't me no more. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I remember saying it, 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 it and over time, it, it, I, I stopped identifying with, with me being a rager, a person who, who responded in these grandiose explosions of anger. Why? Because I didn't want to be that. So if I don't want to be that, I got to quit calling myself that. And the more I quit calling myself, the less I behave like that. And now I don't associate with that anymore. That's no, not that's who I good. am. That's not who I am. And that goes Why? to number you six. You relocated yes. yourself. Right? Which goes to number six, which is remembering that idol worship is worshiping a distorted image of yourself. There was nothing. That, I used to I used to take pride in that. You Come know? on, tell the truth I, about the, that. The, the truth of it is, is there some things about your life that you take pride in. Somebody mess with me, I cuss their tail out. Somebody do something, to me, I'm quick to slap a nigga. I mean, like, all, 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 <laughs> all <Whoa>. kinds of stuff. <laughs> we say all kind of stuff, right? Whoa. Facebook, forgive me. Don't put me in jail for that. But listen, <laughs> we say all kinds of stuff because it's not who we are. We associate with something that we aren't. <laughs> I'm so tickled. Me too. I'm so tickled. <laughs> but you got to not associate with that. Because if you associate with that, then that's what you're going to be. And so I used to take pride in all of that stuff. But then the Lord was like, you ought to take more pride in being like me. Take more pride in being like me. That's a distorted image of yourself, which is idol worship. We have to stop taking pride in that which isn't Christ. And we have to remember, I say this to my inner circle team all the time. God is not interested in making us a better version of ourselves. Right. God is interested in us looking like Christ. Come on, Kendra, in the name of Jesus, we got another person coming out about smoking drug addiction. Why are we going to come into agreement with Amen. her right now? We come into agreement with you that the spirit of um, lying and deception has been broken off yep. of your life. Amen. You are free not you to smoke. Free. Did you, this what the Lord, did you hear what I just said? You I literally heard the to. Holy Spirit just say this. You are free not to smoke. Yep. And you are free not to do drugs. Amen. You can take your pain to Jesus and make an exchange. Amen. You are free not to smoke. Yes. And you are free not to do drugs. Yes. And for the person who came up about food, you are free not to overeat. Amen. You do not have to hide your pain in yes. food. Why? Because you are co-raised with Christ. Yes. And I want everybody who is overweight, who has struggled with any type of addiction, sexual addiction, porn addiction, whatever, to begin to say, that is not me that, anymore. That it, is it, not say me. It like, say, that ain't me. That, that, ain't, ain't, that me. ain't me no more. That ain't, that ain't me. me. That's that not who I me. am. Amen. That ain't me. And because it's not who you are, then what's number seven? Number seven. Number seven. We're going to embrace mm -hmm. God's design. Who's design? God. God's what? Design, original, original design, design and desire mm -hmm. for your life. As what? As your own. As my own. As your own. What God wants for me, that's what I want for me. That's what I want for me. Amen. I am redeemed. God don't want me to be a liar. He don't want me to be a rager. He don't want me to be a sex addict. He don't want me to overeat. He don't want me to be depressed. He All that stuff he doesn't want, I don't want it either. Amen. That ain't me. Amen. I'm going to embrace God's original design for my life. And his desire for my life is going to be my desire. His desire is my desire. Amen. His desire. This is what I want you to do. Listen, maybe somebody read this, heard this message today and you want to give your life to Jesus. If you want, if you do, I want you to put it in the comments that you want to give your life to Jesus or you can send us a message. If you want to rededicate your life today, then I want you to rededicate your life today. But what I want to do is I want to take a second as we get ready to go and I want us to begin to pray over ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I want you, if you have the ability to lay your hand on your heart to, or your 
or your head. And I want you to just begin to thank God for the truth of what Jesus did, mm -hmm. the truth of what Jesus did. Now, we've read these scriptures. This is a message you really should listen to. By a lot. Book. You, you, you just a lot, a lot, a, a lot. lot. This is one of those messages. It's on YouTube. Y'all ought to listen to this at least every day this week to solidify this in your heart. But here's what I want us to begin to pray. I want you to just say this. Say, Father, I have come into the truth today. I have come into the truth that I am co-raised with you. Mm -hmm. I have come into the truth that the old me has been separated from, from me. I am new. I have come into the truth that you made me a new creature and I choose to live in this truth. Holy Spirit, teach me to set my mind on throne room realities. Mm -hmm. Teach me not to be distracted. I fully embrace that when Jesus died, I died too. I fully embrace that when Jesus got up, I got up too. And by faith by from faith. this day yes. forward, I live my original design yes. in, Jesus, in name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, listen, if you were blessed it by this so. message today, it's your opportunity to give. We are so excited. Leave in the comments how this message really blessed you. Man, we want you to listen, get this word. We want to hear your testimonies. Those of you who quit smoking today, we believe and we receive. We agree with you. And listen, it's your opportunity to give. You can give your resurrection seed today. Yes. Listen, you can just give your seed today and maybe in the notes put new life just to remind yourself. Listen, if you are an international or, or so a seed saying celebrating the new me. Celebrating the celebrating new me. Celebrating the new me. This my this is my celebration yes. of the new me yes. seed. I don't have an anger problem my anymore. God, that's I good. don't have a lust problem anymore. I don't have a poverty problem anymore. I don't have a confusion problem anymore. So with my original today. design yes. in Christ has been revealed, yes. and I choose to receive it yes. by faith. Yes. Now you may be asking, Pastor Sean, how do I receive this by faith? The same way you receive Jesus. Yeah, you believe. You do it by you believe. You believe. You could come into people who could say they don't believe Jesus real. You say, I do. Yeah. I do. I believe. believe that. So you got to set your heart to believe this is true. Keep walking to it and just watch those layers fall off and watch that transformation manifest and watch your life give him a new level of glory. I want y'all to put this in the comments as we get ready to give. I want everybody to just say real big. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Now, you can give using Givelify, Push, Pay, Tithely, or Text to Give this morning, and we're just so blessed. We want to encourage you, spend some time with your family. Have a great day. For those of you who are about to join us in the live service, man, we're excited to see you. Today's going to be a great day. Share this message. Preach this message to somebody. Tell your kids you complete in Christ. You are not what you look like. Amen. You will be everything that God said. And don't forget to sow your seed in agreement with that. And sow it's your seed in agreement. It is. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. We will see y'all next week. We love y'all. Have an amazing day. Jesus is Lord. Live that resurrected life. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all.